Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 49 of the Average Joe's MMA Show. Jeff Shanahan, David Van Boglen, and Ryan Dempsey. We are back. It is our first episode of the new year. Gentlemen, welcome to 2017. We've made it this far. We have. We've made it this far. Ain't no turning back now. Fuck it. Ryan, how you doing, man? It's it's only five days in. We can still turn around if we want to. I don't think I want to go back to 2016. It can lick my balls. Yeah, that was rough. You can make a lot of money. Go back in 2016 and start gambling on celebrities that are going to start dropping. You make a lot of money in Vegas. I would have just bet it all on the Cubs. One big score. That's a good bet, too. Yeah. All in on the Cubs. (laughs) You guess that, or you bet that at the beginning of the season. Oh yeah! All that money on the Cubs, and you would throw like that butterfly effect, and the Cubs would it wouldn't even make the playoffs, and you'd be out. I'd put a smaller bet on Cleveland, just in case. Just in case, a security bet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> how was uh? How was you guys' New Year's? New Year's Eve and everything. I I was quiet. I stayed home, uh, rested up my neck. Didn't get to move a lot, so I sent out to everyone. I said, uh, like I do. When I stay home on these kind of holidays, I said, you know, if you're out and you're partying, you're drunk, call me. Yep. Call a cab, call an Uber, you can call me, I'll come fucking pick you up. Nobody did. So if anyone got a DUI that I know uh, on New Year's Eve, it's their own fucking fault. So I came down. You know, I told everybody. Yeah. And I would. I got, I got a message from you. Yeah. I didn't need it because right. I was, I had two beers the entire night. Uh, I, I, I didn't get a message about that. You don't care about my health and safety? I'm not sure. Yeah, well, well not the, so much. By the time he would have got to you, it would have been fucking New Year's Day. I would have tried, though. Yeah. You would have been. You would have gotten out of. You would have gotten out of jail faster for your DUI than it would have taken Dave to get to you. I might have tried. <laughs> I might have tried. That have stopped you at the my, border. My fucking passport's yeah, still dude. good until March. Yeah, Before but the guns, the guns on uh, you and your car would have fucked you at the border. Yeah. <laughs> I got mount, I got guns mounted. I got holsters mounted in underneath my dash. I, oh. That's what I said. I've been in your car. I know. <laughs> guns everywhere. Uh-huh. Yeah, I had a had a pretty low key night, man. Just yeah. hung out with a couple of buddies, played some video games, uh, watched some fights, and I had two beers and a bunch of Chinese food. Uh, a lot of weed. A lot of weed. It was getting down to the countdown before New Year's at about ten minutes. So I rolled up two fat cones, big old boys. And lit the one right at 11.59, got it into the rotation of four people. And then immediately about halfway through lit the second one. So Two going at the drop? Ooh, oh, yeah. I mean, well, I don't remember if the second one was still going at the – or was going at the drop. But either way, they were both going, and it was just a relay race. I got you. I sent them in different directions to fuck everybody up. <laughs> one for you, one for you. Yep. I was like crisscrossing the ropes. Yep. Yep. Ryan, how was uh, how was the New Year's with the wife? It was nice. Actually, um, the uh, the family that my wife uh, she watches a couple kids for, uh, they invited us uh, out, so we went out, had a little uh, some sushi for dinner, and we uh, went back to their place, and you know we left we left around eleven or so, and I figured okay, I'll probably pass out in the car just because it's already two hours past my bedtime, but I somehow for the first time rung in the New Year. I've never been able to do that at home. Look so. at you. Yeah, I'm, look, I'm going places. Look at you doing big shit. I, I'm a grown up. Wow. Yeah. Oh, that's the worst thing you can call yourself. Yeah, it kind yeah, of. It's a curse word, man. Every, kind of. Every morning I wake up and I take a look at the bills and I take a look at the responsibility. I'm like, 
Why did Alonzo want to go up? Why? 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 Because we fought so hard when you're when you're five. You fight so hard to be ten, so you can have a a, a better bedtime. Yeah, you're you ten. Can stay you up fight later. so hard to be sixteen, so you can have some independence. When you're sixteen, all you want to be is eighteen, so you can buy smokes and yeah. you know go into big boy clubs. When you're eighteen, all you want to be is twenty one, so you can drink at once, the big boy club. Once you get to twenty two, you're like, this is it. This is bullshit. Well, I want to go back to 10. Canada, Dude, I, I want to go back well, to fucking 10. Okay, yeah, we know 19 in Canada. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, we had to drive up there to, to drink a couple times. Right. And, I, and dude, I have, these, Quebec, so. I have these conversations with my 15-year-old nephew and my 17-year-old niece right now. I'm like, look. Especially her because she's in her last year of high school yeah. and stuff. And I'm like, look, just live every moment out like this year. Do everything you want to do, like whatever. Just don't. Don't fucking leave any. If there's something, some class you want to take, and you, whatever, some activity you want to be, get yeah. do it. Leave because, nothing on the table, right? Because once you get out of high school, all you're gonna do is go, man. I wish I would have done that. And it's nothing but fucking responsibility. And she's going to school. She's gonna go to fucking. She wants to be a pathologist, so she's gonna be in school for the next eight fucking years. Yeah. I'm like, you know, you're not Jesus. gonna be able to. Right. It's not. A, that's not a uh, kind of a, cor- a curriculum you can skate by. No. Drunk. You know, it's not like right. you know, it's not like a liberal arts degree. Right. Where you could, you know, or my ass, where I was going to be a fucking teacher. Yeah. So I was drinking and partying and fucking yeah. smoking weed and whatever all the time. I did a business degree. You don't have to know shit for business right. other than make profit is good. Yeah. The end. That's your that's your that's your four years, brother. That's your bachelor's degree. Make sure you make money. You know? Yeah. If you don't make money, there's no business. Yep. Period. Yeah, pretty much. How, how, do you think, how do you think culinary school is? I forgot. Knife, the first the first day of class the teacher told every single student, This is a knife. This is a handle. <laughs> this is the point. This is the sharp part. Don't touch the sharp part. Everyone laughs, and then you see six kids lining up with the first aid kit because they cut their finger. Well, that sounds about right. I mean, I'd like to say I never <laughs> cut myself when I was working in a kitchen, oh but God. I cut myself a lot. Yeah. Dude, we used to have one kitchen I worked at, because, you know, I, I was never a, a chef, but the one kitchen I worked at had this old-ass fucking slicer, and the slicer was, like, backwards to every other fucking slicer you've ever dealt with. And, but like you had to get the way it was set up, the blade, instead of, instead of like running across like left to right, the blade went fucking like North South. Really? And you pull a horizontal. Oh Oh, yeah. Yeah. So you ran, you ran straight, you ran back and forth. You ran horizontal, but it was vertical. But yeah. So, you know, you got to try to get up underneath it to clean it. And that fucking blade would just cut your fingers all the time. Like it wouldn't even be running. It wouldn't even be fucking running. Dude, I got, I got like two nasty scars on my fucking left and right hand from trying to clean that bitch oh my god yeah man it was the most dumb fucking slicer ever because oh. like I've, I've worked around plenty of slicers working in restaurants yeah. never had that problem but when you're used to you know going left to right to try to clean something or whatever you know where the fucking blade is positioned you're going the same direction of the blade you don't really have to worry about it but when the blade is right. fucking facing the other way and you're trying to do shit dude it was i hated That's that fucking nightmare. slicer right hated it Something got a good deal on a slicer. Yeah, yeah. They'd had it since like 1970, fucking five, dude. These people were, these people were Dutch as fuck. (laughs) Let's just say that they 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 were penny pinching people, cheap asses, cheap asses. I mean, they were literally Dutch. So yeah, I had some Dutch in me. Yeah, I do too. My family, you know, I know they're cheap people. We are. Yeah, we like to be. Yeah. Frugal. Frugal, frugal is the, right, frugal is the word that. for it. Yeah. 
I found a lot of good deals. Yeah. I mean, I'll, they, I'll buy nothing without a deal. They probably got a really good deal on that slicer, too. And <laughs> that thing probably broke 70 times, but yeah. they always fixed it. Yeah, but, you know. Like, the cord the cord used to, like, if you left it plugged in too long, the cord would start smelling like it was burning because it was getting hot and melting. <laughs> I am not even fucking kidding you. Oh. One day it was smoking. That happened. That's a, that's a surefire sign that that, that but, slicer doesn't want to be on anymore. Right, but we, sh- we should probably not buy a new Hobart from one of our food suppliers. Okay. Nope, fix it. Get some electrical tape. No, more tape. More tape. Yeah, pretty much. Need some more insulation. No. Okay, we had a we had a microwave breakdown at work once. And the owner says, no worries, I have one in storage. He laughs, he comes back in 20 minutes of quote-unquote brand new ones, probably from the 50s. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, these people did that with microwaves, too. little code on it, you know, like uh, fish, pizza, uh, popcorn, chicken, steak, with a corresponding letter. And instead of having buttons that you pushed, it was a dial, and you'd have to turn it. So if you wanted to cook a steak, you'd have to turn it to H. Why would you be microwaving you a steak? Popcorn, you would turn it to B. Hold on. I have no idea where they even – they, they dug this thing out of somewhere. Um, like, it was the most pointless thing I've ever seen in a kitchen in my life. Ryan, why are you microwaving steaks except – no, not even to defrost them. Why are you microwaving steaks? I'm, not, I'm just saying. Okay. That's how it was labeled? Said, it said on the dial what you would want to do. Okay. So it was, so like if you're at home and you're doing something, you know, I don't know, just husband's coming home, you got to get that steak done because it's 1954 and he's going to beat you if it's not ready. <laughs> turn, turn, it to, turn it to H and all of a sudden you have a steak dinner ready to go. Oh man, I would not want to taste that. I got, I got one that we can get in the fights. I worked in a kitchen over here when I was, when I was like 17 and the toaster was one of those from the 50s. Right, and it had, um, it had um, uh, the the front panel didn't have any rubber tips on where you put where you push the toast down. Okay, I was making a club, okay, yeah. and uh, my hands were wet from something else. So I was cooking oh, some and, and I pushed it. I pushed both of them down, and I made the the circuit with yep. my hand, and it it shocked me and oh. knocked me back four feet into. Um, uh, right, right about the salamander. And, oh my god! Uh, so I got burnt all the way across the back of my neck, and I fell down forward and busted my head, and I was out cold. I was unconscious, and they had to call an ambulance oh, and call me. Yeah, I got I shocked the shit out of me. You know, the, they had me hooked oh up to the heart god, monitors for like I don't know how long. I was in and out of it, you know, concussion and shit. I, I was yeah, it fucked me up. I went back there. I went back there, and the next week, the very next week, I was I took. Uh, grease off of out of the fryer and put it on the flat top and I was scrubbing with that charcoal briquette thing Yep. and I pushed too far yep, backwards yep. it hit the splash back and came right into my eyes Oh fuck. and burnt like all of my eyelids or eyelashes and half my eyebrows off I got my eyes closed just in time but there was blisters on top of my eyelids fuck dude I was and I still oh, went and I God. missed it two or three days and I still went back to the place and I still worked there for another two years I worked with this dumbass kid um we call it we nicknamed him Piss Pants for no reason. Like, I, I love explaining this to people because, like, we still call him Piss Pants. He's, like, 24 years old. Um, his, his last name was Peabody, and we couldn't f- remember his name one day, and we were trying to talk about him, and I was like, that fucking Piss Pants kid. <laughs> and he just oh, became – good. Yeah, so it just became his nickname. So everybody in the kitchen, everybody at work, we all called him Piss Pants. Weirdest fucking kid I've ever met in my life. This motherfucker deep fried his hand. 
Oh, man. Why? Because he's an idiot. Jesus. He was, like, cleaning like cleaning around the, the fryer, and he slipped or something and fucking tried to just put his hand in the deep fryer. Oh, my God. Ooh. Yep. Deep wow. fried his fucking hand. Oh, man. Dummy. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah, we kitchen should, we kitchen fucking nightmares. <laughs> kitchen Yeah, kitchen oh, fucking yeah. nightmares. Uh we had a really good weekend of if you're an MMA fan and you didn't find something good to watch this weekend, you kinda suck because Wow, yeah, there's so much. I mean, on top of this big card that we're obviously gonna break down, uh you had two nights of Ryzen. Obviously it was in Japan, it was in the middle of the night, but you know, I told you where you could find it and watch the replays. Unless you got really good friends. Yeah, who will get those for you? <laughs> um, who also get you a glory, right? Band Craze, VLC. Yeah, just you know, there was so much going on. Like you said, it's you know, no world, matter where you look. Yeah, the World Series of Fighting card was nice. Too. I was just gonna yeah. say the World Series of Fighting put on a really good card. Um, I mean, it was in the middle of the day, so it was kind of hard and weird to watch. If you're, it was New Year's, so there was a bunch of football and stuff going on. But that card was really good and had four fucking title fights, man. Yeah. Wow. Four title fights. Uh, John Fitch possibly retired. Well, probably retired. Uh, well, yeah. 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 Says he's got some some injuries going on that Cascan stuff found some things. So He's been doing this a long time. I'm not surprised that, yeah. that some well, damage would be there. Yeah. Some CTE or something. Who knows? But, uh. Marlon Morass, Marlon Morass looked really good, and he's actually a free agent because he only signed a one fight deal with the World Series of Fighting. So, and now Justin Gagey's a free agent. Oh wow! He needs to learn some goddamn head movement, though, man. Trevor Whitman needs to work him in some head movement because he took a lot of shots, but th- finished the first round with his amazing fucking wheel kick. Like, if you haven't seen it, I have not. Oh, God, I gotta, I'll find it for you later, dude. It's great. <clears throat> Like, the last 10 seconds comes up. Do you hear the guy hit the thing? They're squaring off, and Gagey just cartwheels and kicks him in the head uh, as they are as the round comes to an end. Yeah, I got it. We'll be watching that tonight. Sweet. Well, he ended up stopping him in the third round. Um, but, yeah, if you, if you didn't find anything to watch, that Ryzen card was pretty interesting. Um, I yeah. Ryzen's wonderful just because it gives you the uh, the old throwback of pride. Have you watched like, any of that card yet, Ryan? Yeah, I watched a little bit of it. Did you? The, uh, did you I skip? My, like, I was just, like my fight of the year. You know, I had a bunch of stuff. I'm I meant to change it to Gabby Garcia fighting that 95 year old <laughs> professional wrestler. Jesus Christ! It hit the road. Wonderful. Did you? Glorious. I did loved you, it. Did you happen to watch? Uh, the, because I know you watched the same feed that I did. Uh, or rewatched it since anyway. Did you leave? Because like the first opening thirty minutes of the of it, um, Joe Warren and the other guy just have like an open mic, a hot mic, but they have no idea it's on, and they're just no, talking. I that. Oh my god, dude! Go back and rewatch it and just let the first thirty minutes play. Joe, they're, they're they're just talking about all kinds of dumb bullshit, and then Joe starts talking about how somebody sent a Japanese prostitute to his room, and he was on Facetime oh, with his wife. And he didn't know she was a prostitute. Oh no! But he doesn't know this mic's on, so oh, he my God. so he's just like always assume the mic is on. 
Rule number one. Joe Warren is the worst fucking commentator ever. Oh, that was terrible. He's so well, god-awful. This is the second week in a row now that we've pointed this out. I know. Well, that's because, that's, cause the first, that's cause the first round happened the night before we recorded last week, so... Um, and he's not improved, and, so... And he, and, well, and yeah, he really and he did, sucks. And he didn't improve the next night, so... Even though he trended on Twitter for how terrible he was, but he was really bad. Heath Herring helped that second half of the broadcast because yeah. he got beat so badly by that freaking Iranian dude. Ali Akbar. Yeah, Ali Akbar. That guy. And then crazy. all of a sudden, and then you know you saw what that guy did to Herring, and then you saw what happened when the Ali Akbar fought uh, Crow Cop. That's what it's happens when Crow Cop can take Heath the magic medicine. Yeah, yeah, but I was just saying, it's probably better that Heath Herring didn't have to face the Crow Cop, or else and, and he would have had a break of stretcher. And yeah, big. it was awesome to hear Wild Boys again. Yeah, even though Joe Warren doesn't stop walk. talking during it. Yeah, I, I, you know what? I've got teenage daughters. I blocked him out so easy during that. Oh man, every time it started playing, because he he the one dude was like the, when the first fight, the the one we were talking about last week, where he made that comment about the little girl and shit. Yeah. The, the, the other commentator, yeah, the other commentator, I can't think of his name right now, he was like, I'm going to shut up while Wild Boys is playing. And Joe Warren goes, I'm not going to, and just keeps talking. <laughs> I hate him. And so every time, because the, the, other, the other two fights that he had came up and it would start playing, I was like, Joe Warren, shut the fuck up while Wild Boys is playing. <laughs> I just yell at my Show TV. Show your respect, yeah. man. Show some respect for one of the greatest of all time and what he's done and what he's doing. Because you ain't you shit, know. Joe Warren. I would pay so much money to watch Crow Cop, Crow Cop Warren. I would. Just for the fuck. Just one head kick. That's all he needs. You don't even need to see Crow Cop, dude. You can watch him at Bellator. His last fight, he got the shit beaten out of him. Yeah. You, see, we, you know what? We, uh, and I'll tell, I might as well tell everybody that's listening. We talked about... Um, it was like a week or so or two weeks ago when we talked about trying to implement more MMA outside of uh, the UFC into, yeah. into our show because we you know we started off as UFC. We were always UFC heavy. but well, I mean, we will always you know, be UFC heavy. Yeah, but they're, but they're, the, they're the dominant uh, organization. They have the most cards. Right. They have the biggest notoriety. But um, there's still great fighters outside of the UFC. Absolutely. And there's still great fights outside of the UFC. And... Um, you know, I think for me, I'm looking forward to discussing them more just because they're fairly unknown to me and I, I love MMA. So to try to expand outside of the UFC, I think it's, it's going to be fun for me. Yeah. I like watching, I mean, you know, I don't, I don't watch World Series of Fighting religiously. Um, there are guys like, like Gagey that I fight or watch, but I like finding guys that I'm like, okay, this guy's going to be in the UFC soon. Like Gagey, like, I mean, Chandler's not too far off in Bellator. Right. He's got a couple fights left. And I think he'll be gone, um, you know, just things like that. But, like, Rising, I mean, it was just, like, pride rules. That's Yeah, I love it at the end uh, where, when the well, – what's his name, the owner? Um, uh, Sakura no, – Sa- no, 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 Akibara. Yeah, there it is. When he said – he stood up and uh, uh, he said, we're not trying to be the UFC. We're not trying to compete with the UFC. We are Rising, and we're here to stay – or something like that. Yeah. He, he let him flat out know that, you know, this is – we're ECW. Yeah. You know, that's what he basically said is, you know, we got our own rules, we got our own way of doing things, and we're going to do it the way that we do it, not the way they do it. So, yeah. Yep. We're offering, basically saying we're the alternative to what you don't want to see, that corporate crap, come here, we're the real yeah, shit. Do you want to take your steroids and, and fight? Come on. Josh Barnett will be in the next Rising card yeah. for sure. Well, he likes his steroids the most, right? I mean, it, I, we got kind of gypped out of this card because Vanderlei Silva pushed out of fighting Crow Cop. That sucked. Yeah, but that, 
Uh, he's fighting down Bellator in the summertime, he said, too, so who knows what we may get a better fight. Well, yeah, I mean, well, it probably had a little to do with the fact that he, well, I guess maybe not because Moach stepped up, but, you know, Bellator and Ryzen's relationship fell to shit. It's too bad. Yeah. That's too bad because a, a yeah, union between those two could have really been something special. Fuck yeah, because it made it difficult as hell to find this goddamn card. Because without Bellator's relationship, no Spike TV. Right. Thank right, God for yeah, Eversport. Yeah. Thank you, whoever it was on Twitter that pointed me out to Eversport.tv. Thank God for that, the internet. Yeah. Well, I mean, that too. That, that Exactly. But, you know, Eversport was like the official carrier for the U.S. Um, of the Rising Card. It wasn't like an illegal streaming thing. They were, they had it. They still have it in their archives. So if you don't have a, a good friend that downloads things and puts them on things for you, uh, Eversport.tv, just look in their event replays. You can watch both Rising Cards, and I highly recommend it. Love the future. Yeah, it's great. I fucking love this. It's future. great. So let's get into UFC 207. Um, <laughs> it took 48 seconds for Ronda Rousey's career to basically come to an end, at least in most people's well, how eyes. Funny is it, how funny is it when normally when you heard Ronda Rousey's fight was over in 48 seconds? You know, a year and a half ago, you thought, oh, Ronda murked another girl. Yep. And how far we, and how far we've come now to seeing what happens when you have a good coach and you're more than a one-trick pony. Yeah, I was going to say, well, yeah, or if your coach actually taught you something in that year that you've been off, maybe some yeah. striking. I don't know. 11 days off and she learned nothing. Nothing. She looked worse than she did when they were with Holly. You see her trying to strike every attempt that Rhonda made to strike. She, and I've noticed this, she was starting to have this habit when she got her ass kicked by Holly. But now, coming here against Amanda, she had this, it was more prevalent to me. Whenever she was going to throw a strike, if she was throwing a right, she would cock her head to the right yep. and then bring it up. If she was going to do a left, she'd cock her head to the left and bring it up. Amanda was watching her head, not even having to watch her yeah. shoulder or her fist, no. because her, her head was giving it away every time. So as soon as Ronda cocked her head, Amanda just flew to the other side and popped her. Counter striking. You know, that's, and as soon as she hit two of those, Amanda just went full bulldog. And destroyed her face, and that was it. Man. I think Rousey landed like two punches. I had counted. Yeah, they they say seven, but I think that's a little. I think that's what she threw. I don't think. I know she did not land seven strikes. I don't think so either. They say she threw fourteen and landed seven. I think that's really generous, giving uh, her that much. I smell bullshit because I don't think. I think maybe she had flailed her arm up and accidentally hit Amanda with uh, the back of her hand or something. They're counting that as a strike. I was counting that as one of my two. <laughs> <laughs> I gave her a jab and a flail. That was about it, man. Oh, Jesus. I mean, it, I mean, Jeff, you and I, you know, we talked about this on, um, I don't know if I forget if it was the Saturday or the Sunday. But I, I said, you know, if I knew that that was the Ronda to expect, I would never have even thought about giving her a chance in that fight. Yeah, I know. Like I, you know, I thought that her mental game, you know, I thought that after that head kick from home, she was going to come back and like really assess the situation. If you're going to stay with Edmund, do what you got to do, but fix that mental game. Right. And she went into that same shell that she went in with Holly, where she got hit by a legit world class striker and got scared and got intimidated right away, and just lost everything that she was trying to do in that fight she did she looked absolutely scared and, and like you, your point um of why you picked around the last week man it it kind of and i've been touting amanda nunez for a while and i, I said since right. before, you know before this fight happened she was going to get knocked out quickly 
but even even that going into fight week, I was like, man, you know, maybe this is maybe this is the real Ronda. Maybe she's coming back, and I kind of doubted myself for a minute. Yeah, but Jesus, it's actually there. I was listening to an old episode of uh, the Fight Companion with Andrew Open Experience, and it was right after uh, Nunes beat uh, Sam McMahon. Okay, and. And right away, Eddie Bravo and Brian Callen like, you know, she, she could really lay a beat down on Ronda Rousey. And Joe and Brandon Sharp were like, no, no, Ronda's way too good for Amanda Nunes. No, she's, can, she can't do it. And I was just happened, just happened to come across it this week, and I'm watching, like, Jesus Christ, if they knew what was going to happen, you know, a year and a half, two years later, whatever it was, like, Eddie Bravo was 100% right on, on everything he said about Amanda Nunes compared, like, going into this fight. He said, if he does, the, you know, she does this and this and this, and everything lined up perfectly to exactly what he said would have happened. Yeah, I mean, for me, really, the the, the person that put Amanda Nunes on the map and to me and, and pointed it out to me was Eric Holcomb from Way of the Warrior. He started talking about it about right. two years ago, you know, two and a half, something like that, you know, like we need to start watching out for her. This is, you know, and when they were trying to scramble, you know, before Betch and stuff even, when Amanda should have probably gotten a title shot then. He's yeah. he put me on that map, so like I started paying attention to her, and, and yeah, dude, she had everything. She has the tools to probably almost beat anybody in the division. You know, Cat beat her yeah. obviously, but I think she's a different fighter then. But I still wanted that rematch. Yeah, but she hasn't taken a loss since then. She learned a lot, yeah. like any good fighter with any kind of intelligent coaching has. She learned a lot from that loss, as opposed to letting it. Letting it destroy her life and a factor she learned from it. Yeah. She's better because of it. She came back yeah, exactly. a ten times better fighter because she suffered that loss. Made her work harder. Made her work smarter. Made everyone around her be smarter. And that's how she's become the dominant force in the bantamweight division that she is now. Is because of that. If she didn't take that loss, maybe she doesn't yeah. do the kinds of things that she needed to do to get on top. You know, it wasn't necessarily a bad deal for that one. What did you guys think of? I mean, obviously we had our our discussion about the. Uh, the media coverage being all Ronda leading up, even though she wasn't doing anything, but like even the post fight stuff, not heavily, not the post fight, but just post fight itself, the coverage more about Ronda getting beat and less about what Amanda did. Yeah, less about, less about the champion winning and more about the loser, the challenger losing. Yeah. Yeah, thank you. That's pretty much that's what. Yeah, I was, yeah. I mean, I, I get it. That's what I was going to say. For everyone that's jumping down Amanda Nunes, like uh, we were talking about earlier, Cat uh, Zingano, you're disrespecting this and this and that, and everyone's jumping on Amanda Nunes for being disrespectful on Twitter and calling her this and that. You know, like the you know right after the fight, you know, you're at the height of this aggression, so you, you might say stuff that you regret or do something that you regret. And after a while, you, you calm down, and you start to you be more calm about it. But with the amount of like disrespect that the media was showing to Amanda Nunes, I say everything that she said, one hundred percent validated. Absolutely, she she's trying to sit down and okay, what about Ronda? She's sitting with the belt in front of her. She's walking around, the belt's on her shoulder, and everyone's trying to find where's Ronda Rousey, where's Dana White to talk about Ronda Rousey, where's Ronda, where's Ronda. Well, if you're if you're Amanda Nunes and you're in that situation, you try to be calm and try to be happy with everything. Like try not to snap at everyone about the. The girl that you just laid a beat down on and basically retired. Yeah, I would have been pissed. I would have done the same I thing. Too. I would have yeah. done the same thing. No doubt about and, it. And a lot of the, the MMA media obviously came around. You know, there was a lot of really good pieces wrote about Amanda Nunes and how shitty the coverage was and all this shit um, by Saturday and stuff like that. But 
it was the mainstream media, you know, your ESPN, your stupid ass Skip Bayless and and Shannon Sharp and Colin Cowherd and Shannon Sharp, oh good, the second like those good Sharp, the the people, yeah, the people who have no business even talking about MMA, like they're the ones that still made it about Rousey and not about what Amanda Nunes did. I love I love that. I forget who they 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 got someone on the phone. It was like a celebrity or something. Um, uh, let's just say it was ludicrous, right? Just for the sake of saying something. And they said, and on the phone we have ludicrous to talk about how this loss affected the world of MMA. I'm like, why the fuck do I care what ludicrous has to think about right. this? I don't care what he is. Not a, he's not in there. He's not making the fights. He's not a fighter. He's not an analyst. He's nothing. He's a rapper. No. Why do I care what he has to say? Screw ludicrous. It's because he was in a movie with Ronda Rousey. Maybe that's what it was. It might have been ludicrous. It probably was. And I, that's, you know, I knew it was some celebrity like that. Or I just, Vin Diesel. Uh, Maybe it could have been Vin too. I don't know. Fuck no. But they're asking, they're they're asking him like it's he's like a legit news source. I'm like, motherfucker, dude. It's a, it's a joke, dude. It's a joke. This whole unbelievable. Thing is a joke. I don't I mean, screw what Vin Diesel ever has to say. Give me some more info on Amanda Nunes. Right. Go talk to the champ on what she's doing next about her training, how she felt, how was the weight cut. Yeah. Give me some. I want some background on her. Nobody asked these simple questions. Not mm-hmm. a single. Reporter in quotes, quote unquote, yeah, has asked these simple questions that anyone should be asking of the champion. Like I said, they all dropped the ball. I saw a lot of really good post-fight, um, you know, your bloody elbows, your, uh, your your flow combats. I mean, Jim Edwards, I like I said last week, was and the guys at Flow were one of the only ones that really did a good job leading up to the fight of covering Amanda. Yeah. And right. I, yeah. and I have a hell of a lot of respect for for Flow yeah, right. as a company altogether. Right. You know, combat grappling, all of that. But Jim Edwards um, is a great writer, and he wrote a really really good piece on on Amanda Nunes. And actually, Jonathan Snowden, uh, the one who who got the fucking Chris Cyborg attack on my ass because I made a comment to him. Like, that's where that all started. But he wrote this really good piece about Ronda before the fight. And it, was, it wasn't like a Ronda Puff piece. It was like, where is her head at? What are we going like, to see? And a lot of the things that he said in that piece 100% came true. So, yeah. But I, I did see a lot of good post-fight coverage from, like I said, Bloody Elbow and MMA fighting. And um, I'm drawing a blank. But, you know, the, 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 the MMA uh, journalists. Yeah. But it was sure dog, yeah. It was the mainstream media, you know, the ones that really push it, the the ESPNs, yeah. the the you know, even whatever ABCs, like shit like that. That that the masses pay attention to. They're still like oh, Ronda Rousey, Ronda Rousey. Yeah. It's like, yeah, you know what? Um, let me ask you guys a question. Um, mm-hmm. Were you like right when when Rousey got beat, and for the next half an hour to forty five minutes, were you guys on social media at all? Twitter. That's the only one I'm ever on. I was on Facebook. Oh, God. And I have a lot of friends that are... I have a few friends that are hardcore MMA fans. Richie, Jeff, etc. Cetera, et cetera. Joey. Joey, um, etc. Cetera, et cetera. And... Um, but there was a lot of casual fans that came in. And all of a sudden when it happened, I seen women that I know that I've... that I know very well who have never, never watched a fight before. Right. All of this influx, I would say, of the 500 people I have left that I haven't removed yet, um, <laughs> I would say at least 40, 45, 50 of them 
posted about it, and and every single one was, yeah, I'm glad she lost. Yeah, right. this. There was one dude that said she deserved it. It's just like, yeah, oh yeah. No, I asked him. I said, what well, What do you mean by she deserved it? She said she he deserved she deserved to lose. Well, why? It's because I don't like her. Well, okay. you know, you don't have to like someone, but what what does she des- how does she deserve that? She didn't do anything to, to deserve a win or a loss. She's a polarizing. You're right, 100. percent But and there, it's the same thing with Connor. Look at what happened when people who don't give a fuck about MMA, but when Connor finally lost it's to Diaz, same, yeah, it's the same way. Oh my God, they just came out of the yeah. woodwork. Yeah. It's because the UFC and the media, especially the main for them, the mainstream media, like built the her that, built yeah. her up to be this invincible person. And so then that's when the hatred starts because yeah. – and then, you know, people hear about what she, the, the feud with Misha success. Tate. They hate success. They hate success, but then, you know, they got their reasons because she's a bitch for what she did to Misha Tate and all this other shit. And if they knew half the I know, I know, I know, but we, we know the whole fucking stories of shit. People don't. They only get their little snippets of things, and that's where – I hate it. That's why I, – I, dude, I wouldn't – even if I was on Facebook, I wouldn't have gone on Facebook. Twitter was bad enough. Yeah, you know, I read you some of the tweets I, that I, I bypassed both of them because I was so like disgusted at that fight when it ended, and I didn't want to say anything. I just wanted to let it sink in for the night. Just go back, check it out in the morning, rewatch it, and see everything, and then really kind of get my thoughts together. And I felt the exact same way. Like I just felt. And and I would have like I probably would have been one of those people that would have just been like flying up the handle. He's gonna hate me so much for that. And that wasn't even on purpose. I was just laughing, don't care at the end of the day anymore. I know it wasn't. No, it was just it was all was a perfect timing. It was perfect timing. It wasn't even you just you had one of your glitches. And in the oh, okay. middle, in the middle of it, like I just went and like we were waiting for your thought, and then that's where you came back in on was when you just said and. And you came back with oh. and, and all it just it, it just, just lined up. Perfectly. You're gonna see when you're looking back. <laughs> it was one of those moments. Yeah, it wasn't actually. It, it wasn't a cheap shot at you for once. Like for like, and just like, I think the the final thing I'll say for the whole social media thing is when you have people like Justin Bieber. Oh God, yeah. To Twitter and putting out something like. Oh, bitch! You just got your ass whooped, or whatever, yeah. whatever stupid thing he said. It's because Ronda threatened to beat that, him up. Like, you know what? I'm, I'm out. I'm done. Like I she can't deal with this anymore. Like she did throw. No, she threatened to beat him up because she took her little sister. This was like years ago. She took her little sister to a Bieber concert, and Bieber was a dick. And so she went on, and she was like talking about it. She was like, "Fuck Justin Bieber." <laughs> and I'd love to see that. Oh God, I would too. I would too. What, um, do, you, what do you guys think about this fight, though? I, I think that the the world is finally going to see, the, the, or the world finally did see, like, uh, the real Amanda Nunes finally. Like, we saw her now uh, in a tough fight against Shevchenko to start the year. She took the title from Misha Tate uh, at 200, and now we've seen her retire under us. I think now she's got to get her, her due credit at this point because they can't continue to sweep her under the rug against, uh, against the opponents because now... With no Ronda, we're going to get back into that even 135 playing field. No. And I think we're going to, and we're finally going to start seeing Amanda Nunes getting as much airtime as her, as her opponent does. The thing that, well, they have to, but the thing that sucks now is that for Amanda, I guess, is really they don't have anybody big to put her up against to help build her up more. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Because her next, her, 
but yeah, we love Ra- Raquel Pennington, but <laughs> no, I know what you're saying. But you know what I mean. Her next opponent's going to be the winner of of Juliana Pena and Shevchenko. And while you can build that Shevchenko, if Shevchenko can win, you can kind of use that because they fought each other. But what are you going to build up with Juliana Pena? Nobody gives a shit about her. Exactly. Her That's why I was, I was thinking. What, what, what do you think on this fight? She sucks what, at talking, uh, so the buildup of that fight. I think she's annoying to listen to, so the buildup yeah. for that fight is going to be terrible. Amanda doesn't speak great English, so very broken. Very. You know, I mean, she she's enough to get by, but it's not enough to use uh, vocally to sell herself right to uh to a mainstream you know not to a casual audience and obviously I mean, a hardcore audience yeah, is gonna entire, love her the entire lgbt community will will, uh, will now be behind her if the ufc is smart that's the angle that's they the go angle. with yeah that's you, the that is the this is our first angle. this is our first openly lgbt yep. champion how smart would that I mean, how easy is that for them it's super it's handed to them on a platter they well, have this you think great thing it, to use yeah, UFC's got Tisha Torres, Raquel Pennington, then they have um, uh, Nunez, and they ha- and you know whatever she said, her girlfriend's been brought into the UFC uh, also. Yeah. So I mean, you have all of these like all of these potentials sitting there to tap a market. Yeah, like if they don't utilize it, they're idiots. They are. They are absolutely. Um, oh, I, I'd asked Dave before you got on here. Did you speaking of the social media thing, bringing it back to that point? Did you see the Michael Venom page video? Yes, I did. <laughs> I thought it was kind of funny. I kind of thought it was funny. I kind of thought it was funny, but the thing is for me is like with Paige, it's like, dude, you are a very flashy fighter and you've done some exciting things, but you've done them against nobody exactly. and in Bellator. That, that's, the good, that's where I kind of liked it because – it's gonna, it's gonna kind of like people start talking about Michael Venom Page doing this video. It got him more looks. It might get him more eyes. It might, you know, when he jumps over to UFC, he'll, he'll be a little bit more known. Or if he stays in Bellator, he might be able to draw some some ratings their way. Oh, he's got to fight somebody worth a goddamn. This last fight he had was terrible, and he yeah, should have beaten the crap out of that guy. Yeah, well, he didn't. That was a split decision on that one. Yeah, yeah. It went. It went I mean, he didn't finish it. Been. No, he definitely didn't finish. He usually it. finishes, and that's what makes him so exciting. Is because of his flashy maneuvers and his flashy right, finishes right. and he had to go three rounds with this cat right. and this dude exposed yep. that weakness by using fundamentals by using I mean, basics but you see that all the time with a lot of good fighters i mean a Everyone lot of has times their they all this hype yeah, yeah. I mean, um it, it happened i mean who knows he'll bounce back yeah so let's uh let's circle back and and last thoughts on this fight so we can move on to the other one uh do we see rousey again uh dave no ryan I think yes, but under the right circumstances because I think she just lost a lot of money in Hollywood and she's going to be desperate to get a big payday fight. Let me go ahead. re-enderate that. Um, if you listen back to I was episode 44, I did my spiel on Ronda Rousey and what was going to happen. Yep, I said she was said going it. to – this is what I said in case you guys can hear it. Um, she's going to get her ass handed to her by Amanda Nunes. Mm-hmm. She is going to retire from the UFC and MMA. She has no more fights she'll have to do. She'll be she'll show up at the Royal Rumble and do a promo and talk and do something very basic to set up something for WrestleMania. And she'll be there for WrestleMania in some sort of uh, cartoon debacle, mm-hmm. uh, maybe with, with, with The Rock or something or, or Brock or someone and, you know, 
where she doesn't have to wrestle, but she can get in there and do a couple of judo throws to a guy or something. And, you know, if they can put Snooki in the goddamn ring, they can put Ronda Rousey in there. Right. You know what I'm yeah, saying? So I completely forgot the WWE. Right. Like, so completely skipping my head there. Yeah. I did not know my, that factoid. Uh, so thank you. Really? For, well, I stopped watching products so long ago, I know, man. But man, that got so much, so much negative press. But got a lot of press anyway. Completely stopped paying attention to it. But, but, and it was I mean, a, it was in Canada, so I'm sure. Back. Yeah. yeah, I knew Brock came back. Obviously, I knew but, Goldberg. I mean, came. no, but I'm just saying, like Brock. I mean, Brock went back. Like he he left the UFC for a few years, and then. That's, yeah, that's what, yeah. I was, that's what I was going to finish with. Is, uh, is she's going to do that that WWE thing, but maybe a couple years down the line, maybe a few years down the road, because she's still young, she could come back and yeah. do one of those Brock kind of deals. I think I really do think, guys, that she is going to have a passion for pro wrestling. I do too. She you know, does. She's a fan of it. Yeah, Huge but I think she's going to have a fan. I think she's going to have a passion for working right. it too. You know, I really do. I think that's it's it's going to be some acting for. It's still physical. She's going to have, you know, the, at least a sense of competition, even though the real competition is in the back trying to get yourself to the main event. It's not really in the ring. But she's going to have all these sensations of real competition, and she doesn't have to have the worry of getting her ass kicked. You know, everyone's going to yeah, – Vince is not going to yeah, book her to really lose. Vince is going to book her like Brock. He's going to smash her over for two years, build her all the way up, and sell tickets on her back. But at this at this stage in her game, how – she, I mean, she's got to train. She's got to learn how Absolutely. to take bumps and stuff. Absolutely. How much? Think about like Brock Lesnar was UFC champion that that, like, that people kind of knew about. People knew what Ronda Rousey, and they knew she was a good champion. But then they watched her get knocked out cold, pretty much in two straight fights. I mean, that'd be a pretty. I mean, that's a pretty hard sell, even like for wrestling fans if they want to start. Yeah, they'll buy it. Yeah. Her. You can start. You can start Ronda down at NXT train for a few months like they're doing with everyone else there and imagine how high the membership rate for the USC uh, the WWE network will go up if Ronda's on NXT I just don't know how long her body can hold out trying to train to learn to take bumps man I don't like, know either. she's taking I mean she spent a lot of time getting thrown yeah. around I mean we already know her yeah, knees are shit and that's why yeah. she really can't wrestle because her knees yeah, are shit yeah yeah. Um, all, back, all those bumps from the, the right. hip throws you know right. the, and I mean the judo mats are a little bit thicker and more padded than you know especially training mats are a lot thicker and padded than what she's going to get in the wwe yeah that's 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 a small little canvas and it's plywood under there folks it's not a spring it's not a trampoline right that's fucking plywood and steel and and it hurts yeah it it doesn't tickle you're not you're not on on a one of those moon castles where you're bouncing around Right. You know, so maybe maybe she won't be able to make, but I think she really wants to give a run. I mean, even even the UFC, career. I think so too. Eventually, uh, even the UFC like canvas the pat is pat more padded than what you get out of the WWE. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, I think we're gonna see her one more time, and I think it's gonna be before she gets too deep into there because I don't think she wants to. I don't think she wants to take that much time off. I mean, she's gonna probably take time off with this one. They say she's already in better spirits than the Holly home fight. Um. I think maybe she finally decides to move camp, learns how to either box or wrestle. She needs to go somewhere and learn how to shoot a takedown. Cause you well, can't... Everyone should go back and listen to that video that you posted. Oh, of, the, of Edmund? The audio of Edmund's cor- oh, the yeah. corner. Because yeah. that, that there... Like, oh, it's any, any, fighter, any fighter who listens to that should just get up and walk out of that gym right now. Yeah. As, as a fan listening to that, I was frustrated for her. 
Yeah. You know, I'll just watch that fight listening to all this crap. I don't, I've never cornered a fighter before, but I could have done better than that. Yep. My dog could have done better than that. That was just garbage. Yep. So, yeah, I think, anyway, I think no. she's back. I think she has one more fight left in her. I don't know what or who, but that's funny that they still have. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> Uh, we're looking at the UFC's page in the picture right now. We just they forgot over. to update the picks. Yeah, so they still have Dom holding the belt. And Ryan is not even fucking. Oh, there, right. I got you guys again. All, All right, right. Uh, he's a he's a back, folks. All right, so the uh, co-main event and what ended up being fight of the night. Uh, we have ourselves a new Bantamweight champion in Cody Garbrandt, and uh, I'll be the first one to say it. Hats off to you, Cody. You shut my mouth. You proved me wrong. You had a hell of a performance. Uh, everything I said about you, I was 100% wrong, except for I still think you're a douchebag. But good on yeah, you. Great fight. All of that there. You, you, you fought the fight of your life. You looked fantastic inside that cage. Uh, Picture-perfect performance on his part. Um, picked Dominic Cruz apart. Uh, you know, Dom didn't, something was off with Dom from the jump. I mean, the first round and you and I just rewatched the fight while we were waiting for Ryan earlier. And, you know, you can see it in the first round. Something's just not right. He's, I made the you, exact same comment. Um, I, I said it while I was watching, watching the fight with, too. I was with Kara. I was watching the fights with Kara and I said, like, he's not moving his head. He's not moving his feet as much. He seemed to be a lot more just stand He's tired. He looked tired in the first round. You know, you know what's funny is that we that, what, okay. That's what I was gonna say. Kara pointed out to me that Cody Garbrandt kept on running back and had Dominic chasing him, and then when Dom got close, he would tap him up a couple of times, which is something you don't really see is Dominic running in, hit, hit, and then get hit. Normally, Dom would run in, land the shots, and get out no problem. Yep. Uh, and Jeff Dom. Kara pointed out straight up to me, and that like it's 100 right that uh, Garbrandt. Uh, got him tired almost in the in the first round by having to, to chase and then those shots I think really uh, the, the early shots really set the tone for Don throughout the rest of the fight well we just uh, like Jeff said we just watched it something that Jeff pointed out to me was you know Dom's had knee uh, tons of knee issues over the past right. several years and you know had to take 15 months off and at one time and whatever but we were watching his footwork, and it was his ankles. Yeah, that looked like he he didn't. They they were almost like they were they were taped heavy, but he, he does carry a, usually a heavy tape. But there was no move. There, it was like they were uh, fused. Yep. his ankles together. He didn't have any rotation. Right. He wasn't he wasn't moving on the balls of his feet like you would with the you know to to extend the the ankles out to get a better angle. It looked like his at least one of his ankles was was giving him a lot of problems because his movement reflected that yeah there was there was talk about him having issues with that plantar fasciitis and stuff again i don't know if you guys have ever had that but it is a i have not monster. but i've heard horrible things about it yeah it's uh it's it's really weird because it's uh it's the kind of uh disorder that affects you mostly at night right that's for whatever reason it is if it's just walking out during the day or whatever but um so Having to fight yeah, at you know ten, eleven, twelve o'clock, uh, he has he has all that day walking around on it, and right? That, and then it triggers up, and then you get a, uh, a plantar fasciitis yeah, flare up. It was about midnight. I couldn't walk when I had my my the whole inside arch on my foot felt like it was on fire, right. literally holding a lighter to it and burning it. Oof. 
You know, it's, yeah, it's, 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 it's terrible. You're on it, the better it gets. But as you rest it, it allows the muscle to kind of like uh, split more. There's no real cure for it either. It's no. just something you have to deal with. Um, what did you guys think with the headbutt? Did I... you think that one caused the, the, the cut? Because oh, I watched yeah. it a few times and so I didn't see it necessarily causing the cut, but I couldn't see where else the cut would have come from. I don't, I don't think... I don't think it caused the cut. I think maybe a, a punch opened that cut up. Because um, right. Cody, uh, yeah, Cody caught him a couple times on the exchange. But I do think, and I, and I said that to both of you, I think that the headbutt did have an effect on the fight. That was Unintentional, the, uh, of course. It, it, it was yeah. the cut on Dom's left, left eye. Left eyebrow, right? Yeah. right? Right in the eyebrow? Was yeah. that the one? Because when they show the replay, like, you can see where the headbutt is. Yeah. But then the split happens later. So maybe it, right, maybe it yeah. didn't directly cause it, but it had I think, a, enough effect. Yeah, because they to they headbutted. Yeah, they headbutted, and then right after that, there was an exchange, and Cody hit yeah. him with a few punches, and then that's when you start to see it bleed. So the combination of the two probably yeah, I do, led to it. But I definitely think the headbutt, excuse me, had a little bit of an impact on the fight. Okay, it messed oh, yeah, it, it messed yeah, Dom it up. Uh, yeah. Dom, it affected Dom a lot more than it did uh, did, uh, did Cody. Definitely, yeah. for sure. It was unintentional. The clash of heads happened. I'm, I'm oh, not yeah. saying like yeah. Cody went out to headbutt him and it Definitely. cost Dominic oh, the that fight. Was, that was an accident for it, sure. Even without the headbutt, you know, Cody was working him. He was for sure. Yeah, he was. But I, I mean, when you're when you're breakdancing in the fourth round, and then two minutes later you're not going to guy down three times in like 45 seconds. Right. I mean. Right. Did Cody um, miss any chances on finishing it by not attacking down yes. the ground? I think the think first so. time he that when he dropped him in that fourth, I think it was the and first he, time. He like celebrated, and then and then Dom sprawled out for his arm. Yeah, I think with that hesitation that he did, he could have finished that fight. I, right think, I thought so too. Yeah, yeah, yeah I definitely it, it didn't react. Like he time. thought that he was over. It almost yeah. it, it almost was like he was pointing to the ref saying, "Look, he's out." And as he was pointing, Dom was starting to get back. That's like the Undertaker for the take That's a rookie mistake, man. It's like the Undertaker, uh, you know, man. Yeah. He, he sits he's up and you're boring. fucked. But yeah, if you don't attack, that was, uh, that was Brock Lesnar, though. If you don't, if you don't attack your opponent until the ref tells you not to, that's a rookie mistake. And yeah, the ref didn't yeah. tell him not to. He just threw up his hands like he thought he wanted. You don't. You still attack, 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 attack. Yep. Uh, so Always I think attacking. I think that he lost his opportunity to finish him in the end. Didn't make much of a difference because you know Cody ended up winning. Uh, let's see what was it 47. Unanimous decision, Cody Garbrandt, the winner. And for me, um, I didn't pick Garbrandt, and I didn't think he was going to win this one. I thought Dom had him under control. I thought he had him mentally defeated. But I was wrong, and uh, now we have a new champion. I was dead wrong. And, you know, Cody showed us all that Dom wasn't in his head. like Not as much as we thought. No, man. He, He put on a great performance, and I... I'll eat my crow, man. I talked a lot of shit. And like yeah. I said, I still think the dude's a total douche. And fuck him. I hope TJ Dillashaw kills him. But, you know, hats off to you, kid. Congratulations yeah. and new. There it is. Ryan, final thoughts on that fight before we move well, on? Funny is it too, like, last week, last week we were, you know, all three of us are saying that if, if Dom makes one mistake, it's going to be lights out. Going to that fourth round when he got knocked down three times, the whole all I could think of was what we were talking about. It was like Jesus, you know, Dominic Cruz. He's got a, he's got a hell of a chin on him to take those shots, go down and get up, no problem, to continue that fight on for another whatever five, six, seven minutes. Yeah. 
Uh, speaking of complete and utter domination, oh, yeah. man, TJ Dillashaw looked amazing. Best I've ever seen him look. Yeah, dude. It, it's such a the brow fights. Yeah, such a finely tuned machine. I mean, he dominated every aspect of this fight. Every aspect of this fight. Took him down five times. Controlled him for seven minutes and 25 seconds. Um, landed 177 out of 249 total strikes and 71 out of 119 significant. Like, he just, he looked on point. He whipped his ass for, for 15 minutes. Sure did. Period. I mean, there was nothing Lineker could do. It's not like Lineker's a joke. He's No. He's a hell of a fighter. No, he's the number three ranked fighter where TJ's number two. Especially, I mean. TJ's they, number two now. Yeah. Well, uh, they were like one and two. One and two, yeah. Uh, at, at the fight. So, yep. Lineker earned his way up there to. Uh, to that number two spot, he's a hell of a fighter, and he's a tough, tough Lineker, dude. Lineker had me legitimately concerned for this fight because of the way that he fought Dotson. Because yeah. Dotson's, I mean, not right. as good at it as right. TJ, but a similar fighter, yeah. you know, style as far as being elusive and things like that. Yeah. I mean, TJ just was... TJ's got more power. Yeah. yeah. You know, there's a lot more power behind the shots, and, and he's really... I mean, man, he continues to impress me every single time TJ goes out there. I find something new that just he earns so much respect for the way he fights with everybody, and uh, I just gained even more respect and more enjoyment out of him as a fighter during this fight. He whipped that dude's ass for three rounds, scored a, a ten eight in one of the rounds. Yeah, uh, but man, what a, what a dominating dominating fight! It was fun to watch, you know. Even then, even though it was so one sided, it was like it was like a showcase for TJ's skills. You know, exactly, what he can do, yeah. What, yeah. what he has to do, you know, what he can do against any level opponent. Rank this, here, 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 doesn't matter. He just picks him apart. Yep. He picks him apart. And I'm really looking forward to TJ and Garbrandt. I, I really am, too. am. I am, too. I hope they give him the fight. Ryan, uh, you got any thoughts on this fight? Yeah, um, yeah. I was pretty much just going to reread everything you guys said. TJ looked absolutely great. Like I said, the best I've seen him, including when he, when he beat Brow twice and all that jazz. Yeah. Um, the only thing I think that he has the potential to really dominate that division, you know, I think that he can handle Garbrandt and beat him two, three times if he needs to. But I would, I mean, I don't know. I think that he has the potential to really dominate 135 if uh, if he gets a good head coach. Now that Leicester Bowens is gone, if he if that camp has a good new head coach, that's the one kind of <laughs> they already have one. Is water thing? His name is Dwayne Ludwig. Nah, but I mean, but you know the, the the whole camp though. When you lose one member of that camp, that can that can change a whole aspect of a Leicester. Leicester's still gonna Leicester's still gonna be around and stuff. He's just not gonna be a head coach anymore. He's still going to be a part of the team. He's just okay, focused. I thought, he, I thought he was just like stepping away for like he said he was like gone. I mean, he's stepping away as far as being head coach in the everyday running because he's got his family and his kids. He wants to coach right, and be around. Right. And he's got a business and stuff like that. But he's still going to be part of the team. They said he's just not going to be the head just coach like, and doing okay, all the day to day. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah but I, I I mean it's hard looking at at the one thirty five division as it stands right now to see someone that. If if we see the the TJ that we saw on, on Friday night, it's gonna be hard to think of who could really give him a run for his money. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm excited to watch it. Oh, man, this fight right here, the uh, this was the second fight of the card of the main card was complete bullshit. 
Jung Hyun Kim getting the the uh, decision win over Tarek Safradine, uh, 29-28 to 27-30 in favor in a split decision. The, uh, no, what? What? Again, with the judges. What the fuck? Like, I don't... We don't even need to spend a ton of time because this no. this fight also sucked. It was, it was horrible. horribly boring. Yeah, the, yeah. How does one judge see a 29-28 in this guy's favor and this one sees a 30-27 in this guy's favor? Yeah. What fight are they watching? I don't know, man. I don't know. You see, Joe Rogan kind of pointed out in a, during the broadcast something interesting when he was talking about it and he had said... You know, Tarek's landing a lot more shots throughout the fight, but he's constantly backpedaling. Well, they so gave – yeah, he, they, they said – kind of No, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, yeah. yeah. So I was just going to say, like, it, it, for me, like, I was – you know, if you're, like, the casual fan, you can you, – like, you know, you're watching. You can see uh, Dung Young Kim's moving forward, moving forward, moving forward. He eats two shots, but he lands one. He's moving forward to land those shots. You can see easily how one judge could see it for Kim – at the, I, I I thought he had lost the fight personally. I was surprised that they gave it to him. Um, I don't think I think probably should have been twenty eight or twenty nine twenty eight split decision. Toss the coin for whoever you want. I don't think anyone really deserved three rounds uh, in that fight. No, it was what it was. Kim, see the thing is though, with like the the Kim quote unquote pushing forward, all he was doing was zombie walking with his head down straight at him, like because he was so dead. But. Anyway, th- this fight was terrible. That was a god awful decision. Uh, the judges should have been fired right then and there. And this that one hurts Tarek a lot. I a think, lot. Cause, like we, because I like me and Dave were talking last week on the show about uh, the, the lackluster of Tarek's uh, couple of performances. That really did not help him out. No. Oh, sorry. Oh. Shit, getting used to this new schedule being up early in the morning. Yeah. Killing me. Mm. Haven't done it in a year. Um, Ray Borg picked up a decision to open up the card over Louis Smoka. Dominating. Oh, yeah. It was just a lay-in. He looked amazing. He just took him down and beat the crap out of yeah, him. Yeah, man. Smoka looked lost in there. Ray Borg looked incredible. I thought yeah. he was going to be zapped from that terrible weight cut. Too bad yeah, you had to yeah. forfeit your goddamn purse. Yeah. Make weight, buddy. That's all you had to do. Make weight. Speaking of guys and making weight, uh, Johnny Hendricks looked like shit. It's horrible. Absolutely yeah, horrible. I mean, it's weird. Like, you know, we talked last week about his wrestling. And for him to break that wrestling out and, you know, take him down, what, seven times or six, six times, whatever it was. Yeah, six out of seven. But, but, but do nothing with it. Well, no. yeah. Like, you know. There was like he had no with energy. That he 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 spent all of his energy just trying to get the takedown, and that's ultimately what ended up costing the fight. He probably spent all his energy trying to just walk into the just cage. Just walking into the cage, yeah, yeah. yeah, seriously. And he's gonna try 185. Shit. He's gonna get killed. He's gonna get killed. Uh, at at first, uh, yeah, Dave and me were talking really briefly about this fight after it happened, and I really thought that they were gonna give it to Hendricks. I thought they were I was too. Surprised that they, I I thought or I was surprised that they actually saw the dominating on the bottom of Neil Magny and awarded him the first and third round. There was a lot of people booing too, which was weird. But a yeah. lot of people thought at the fight they everyone, thought Hendricks won. I did not. Two guys on the ground, uh, you know, to get their just due. And then they get their just due when they're mad that they get it. What do you guys think of the card overall? Did you enjoy it? B. Yeah. Um, yeah. I like 
you know that uh, Garcia, what he did to Mike Pyle was pretty nice. Um, I'm going to be paying more attention to Alex Garcia. Oh man, that that knockout was sick. He damn near killed him. And what about what that dude did to Brandon Thatch? Nico Price. Oh, man bun. Yeah. Or yeah. Man spike. Man spike. Yeah. Tapped him. Welcome, welcome to Bellator. Yeah, Thatch is going to be gone. All that promise he had fell apart. Yeah, that's over. Did you guys see the story today with that fight, though? No. Where uh, there was supposedly, uh, during the fight, a pill-like object fell out of uh, Price's shorts during the fight at one point. And he was, I, I briefly glanced through it. It sounds like he was able to pick it up and get it back into his shorts during the fight. They were there throughout the whole time. So now everyone's trying to figure out what was this item that came out of his shorts. Hmm. I, didn't watch, I didn't watch his shorts that close. No, I didn't either. Um, yeah, we, we, if you guys who don't have Fight Pass didn't, didn't get to see uh, the no contest between Alex Oliveira and Tim Means, uh, Means landed two illegal knees. Uh, Alex Oliveira had only one knee on the ground. Means thought that that was not enough points of contact to consider him a downed opponent and dropped two big-ass knees into his face. Mm. Fucking pride style. Yeah, man. And then Oliveira sold it even harder to try to get the win. Um, but Mark Goddard fucked up and said that they were unintentional knees, so they called it a no contest. Yeah. Uh, this is going to get I overturned. Mean, it, it, yeah, Nevada is going to go back on it. Defense. In Timmy's defense, uh, as of today, those knees are perfectly clean. No, they are not. They are still illegal. One point of contact is not enough anymore, isn't it? They still consider the that foot. The be- knee and the foot are considered two points of contact. That I thought that they had gotten rid of that because of the Big, guys that were just dropping down to him. Well, I thought the whole point was, but they no, still have a hand on the ground. They, they took away one hand, is what it is. You can, if you have only one hand on the ground, you're not a down opponent yeah, anymore. You okay. have to have both hands on the ground as well. Yeah, as far as I know, as far as what I so what I was is considered okay. Yeah, as far as what I know that. Um, and what I was reading about that, like Big John and some other people were saying that those would still be illegal knees. But I could be – don't quote oh, me. I could be 100% yeah. wrong. I, th- I thought the points of contact were the two knees and two hands. I thought that's what was considered a point of contact. That's what I was under- thought too. But then, like I said, I was reading. But, you know, people fucking misquote things. Look at how hard Joe Rogan was fighting. Yeah, true. I mean, so I'm sure I'm sure the next time we see those the the knees to a ground opponent we'll find out if it's illegal or not. Yeah. Overall I I give the card a B. I I as well. I mean, I do as well. Not yeah. great, not terrible. Right. It was nice for a Friday night. Yeah. Um I think that's it for UFC two oh seven. Uh let's get into one of our uh old school discussion topics. Yes. Uh you know, everybody did them, so now we're going to do our uh, of the years. Yeah, man. Um, our categories. Uh, we won't go in this order, obviously, but uh, fighter of the year, fight of the year, KO of the year, sub of the year, rookie of the year, comeback fighter of the year, and event of the year or fight. Um, fight card. Fight event. card of the yeah, year. Yeah, fight yeah. card. There you go. There we go. Um, what do you guys want to start with? Should we just start with the easiest one to go fight card of the year? 
I think we're all picking the same thing. I think yeah. we are too. Uh, UFC 205? 205. Ryan? Yep, 205. Definitely all 205. All right. I say we just move, let's move in backwards order. We'll okay. do Fighter of the Year last. Okay. So, uh, okay. next category is Comeback Fighter of the Year. Um, I'll start with you, Dave. Dominic Cruz. Okay. Uh, off Ooh, for 15 good choice, months. Good wow. Good choice. Yeah. Holy shit. Good choice. Uh, off for 15 months with with uh, the knee injuries, ACL tears. Thought he could never, maybe never fight again. Wasn't sure. Uh, was never beaten for that title. Had it taken away from him. his first fight back. He beats the champion, and has a successful defense. Or uh, yeah, against Uriah Faber in 2016. He did have the loss at the end of the year, but I still think uh, it was amazing comeback for a guy that we didn't know was ever going to fight again All to right. come back and become champion in that same year. Good choice. That very good choice. Thank you. Ryan. Yeah, I, I want uh, one quick point on Dave Sting. Not only did he miss 15 months, but he fought once in 1,569 days, and was a 61 second defeat of Mizugaki. Oh yeah, when he knocked so out Mizugaki. He really didn't have anything uh, between October 1st, 2011, against Demetrius Johnson, and that fight against T.J. Dillashaw. Here you go. So. Uh, my comeback fighter of the year was Michael Bisping. Yeah, I mean, he was the guy, you know, he's always up and down. Is he going to get the shot? Is he not? He finally gets the chance to fight Silva. He gets the fight. He wins. Uh, filming a movie, gets the phone call. You want to fight for the belt in, in 10 days? He goes out there. He avenges the loss against Rockhold. And then he gets the uh, the ultimate satisfaction of beating Henderson uh, in England in front of his home crowd. Uh, avenging one of uh, the worst knockouts in you know, MMA or UFC history, depending on how you want to look at it. All right. Mine, you guys both had good ones. Mine's kind of weak in compared to, you, to the yours. But uh, I, like I told you, this was, you guys, this was the hardest category for me to really pick because, um, I, I, A, I didn't want to have repeats because I had one and uh, whatever. So I actually um, I chose Tim Elliott. Okay. Okay. I'm alright with that. I chose Tim Elliott. I'm alright with that. Uh, yeah, I chose Tim Elliott because you know he was already he was out of the UFC. Yeah. Fought his way back. Got onto tough. Fought all the way through. Beat exactly. a murderer's row of champions from other organizations and stuff. Got in there. D- made the best of his title shot against hey, man, Demetrius. He took it to Demetrius. Dude. Gave him five rounds almost of a tough. One. Almost <laughs> subbed him in the first. Yeah. So I mean, I, I think Tim Elliott is deserving of, of my comeback fighter of the year. Excellent. Very good. Um, yeah, that's a good choice, yeah. Thanks. Like I said, that was the, the toughest one for me because I was like, I kind of looked, I was thinking Cowboy, um, you know, when he jumped because he had a couple losses at 55, jumped up to 70 jumped, jumped and, Walter, and started yeah. killing it. Um, right, right. There was somebody else similarly like that I was thinking of too, but I can't remember. But I went with Tim Elliott. Um, Ryan, who's your rookie the hardest of the year? One for you. Yeah, I was going to say the hardest one for me was rookie because I completely forgot about rookie. So I was racking my brain when we started the show. And I'm just going to take the easy route. I'm going to take Mickey Gall because, you know, he went from an unknown guy, got one of the fastest submissions in welterweight history, called out CM Punk, gets that fight, uh, gets all the eyes on him when he, when he beats Punk. Calls out uh, Sage Northcutt, gets even more eyes on him when he when he beats Sage Northcutt. So I'm gonna go with Mickey Gall for my rookie. All right, good good pick actually. I didn't even really think of uh, didn't really even think about him honestly. I couldn't think of I was like I said I didn't have anything written down. I was trying to rack my brain and it was just like crazy. I got no one. 
I picked Mickey Gall. I picked Mickey Gall, dude. I mean, come on. Like, the guy made it. Guy's awesome. He, he's the guy that beat CM Punk. He's the guy that, that beat Sage Northcutt. It's true. It all, he's the guy that went, he went 3-0 and as a rookie in the UFC. He beat Mike Jackson. He beat CM Punk. He beat, uh, he beat Super Sage in the same year. It's a good rookie campaign. It is a really good rookie campaign. I'll give him that. That is a really good rookie campaign. Um, guess who my rookie of the year is? Not Mickey Gall. <laughs> Not Mickey Gall. Uh, my rookie of the year is going to, and when I say it, you both are going to be like, oh, fuck. I, I should have not necessarily thought of it, but at least thought from me because I talk about this guy a lot. Brandon Moreno. Yeah. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. I, I give it, I'm going to yeah, give it to Brandon Moreno as cast off from tough, gets beat in the tournament, is out, comes in on short notice to take on a tough Louis Smoka, submits him in the first round, gets uh, – Gets the performance of the night off of it. Jumps up into the rankings. Next fight against another really tough guy in Ryan Benoit. And ends up getting a split decision out of that. You know, pretty good for a guy who in April of 2016 was fighting in the World Fighting Federation. And since October 1st has picked up two top ten wins. Can't beat that. Um, yeah, I'm going give it, to give it to my guy Moreno. And awesome. I, I, I expect big things out of that kid. So, so do I. So do I. He's got all the talent uh, now, in the world. Now, Jeff, I'm just going to point out, I'm supposed to be the resident uh, Ultimate Fighter fanatic, and now you, your two picks revolve around Ultimate Fighters, so you got to slow that car down a little and bit. And I didn't even watch that season. Like, I have not watched this season at all. Uh-uh. But what can I say, man? I mean, like I said, I told you guys, as soon as I said Brandon's name, you guys would be like, yeah, because I talk about the kid yeah. all the time. Oh, no, he, it makes sense. Yeah, he, makes sense. That's he, a good pick, though, too. He lit a fire under me, man. I like Brandon Marino. Um... Submission of the year. Um, How about you go? All right, I'll go first. You haven't, you haven't went first yet. I'll go first. Uh, <laughs> mine, mine I picked not so much because of the significance of it, and this is one of my two non-UFC picks and probably the one that's going to not make sense to either one of you. Uh, Mackenzie Dern's Omoplata rear naked choke combination over Montana Stewart at Legacy Fighting 61. If you haven't what a seen hell of a technique, so holy right shit! Now, Jeff, I had that one for mine. I swear. To God. <laughs> Is that because I showed oh you that video a few God. weeks ago? No, what a hell of a technique, I've been, man! I've been trying to find Mackenzie Dern's because I've been hearing so much about her. She's amazing, man. I mean, she's the daughter of Megaton Diaz. He's like, uh, uh, she is. Yeah. It's God damn it! Now I got okay. <laughs> Suck it! I'm glad I went first. I'm glad I went first because if Ryan would have done this first and ruined that for me, I would have been so pissed. Well, you, I ruined you. I ruined your uh, walkouts moment when I when I took, true. Uh, fil- uh, yeah, filthy. filthy. Luckily, you, you did the Hulk bitch. Hogan. And yeah, I, it I wasn't, gave you back. It wasn't mine, but I had my great moment. But even still, when I, I seen the look in your eyes when I said I would take filthy, you went oh, and then your head kicked back. Well, yeah. kill him. Dude, it's uh, it's Ray, not only when you said Mackenzie, I was about to just hang up my phone. <laughs> it's not only I think. I mean, obviously, it's my submission of the year, but it might be my favorite submission of all time, just because of how beautiful the technique is. That's, un- that's unbelievable. Transition gets yeah. her into an omoplata, and I'll post it to the show page. I think I have before, but I'll repost it. I believe tonight. you have, because I think that's where I've seen it. Um, no, I think you messaged it to us. I did message it to yeah, you guys because yeah, yeah. okay. I was tweeting it. Right. Um. But I'll post it to the show page here in a little bit, and it'll be up by the time the show airs. So, 
but she transitions from getting an omoplata into an armbar, and good on the, the the girl she was fighting because she should have tapped anyway from the omoplata in the armbar because her arm was probably going to get broke. And uh, Montana Stewart held on, and she ended up with her legs still over the girl's shoulder in omoplata position, getting her over and taking her back from the side and choking her Jesus. out. That's hard enough to do in practice, Dude, let alone a real fight. Not so shit. And that's why it's yeah. probably one of my favorite submissions yeah. of all time, just because of how nasty it was. Wow. So, Mackenzie Derns. Hopefully we'll see her uh, in the UFC soon. It'd be nice. It would be. She's, she's a promising fighter. Um, Ryan, since I've ruined... Oh, and my, my, my number two to that is uh, Misha Tate submitting Holly Holm for its significance and the fact that she came back in that fight. Yeah, see, I had that as a comeback in a fight that I decided just to ditch. <laughs> my submission of the year is... Uh, uh, yeah, Ryan, what's yours? Yeah, um, I'll, you know what? I'll go with, the, with Nate and Connor from uh, UFC 196. Okay. Um, because that was the that was the one that really kind of exposed Connor, I think, in a way that made him realize how much he had to work on his game. It was uh, as much as you know, it put put a lot of eyes on those two for the two hundred two card. It really propelled them both to a different height, and uh, you know, I think that it ultimately made Connor a better fighter uh, through the loss. Um, I have nothing because I'm just rambling. Because I have Mackenzie Dern winning, and Jeff <laughs> fucked me over. That's right. We're gonna end up end this one quick. Cause mine's Misha uh, choking out Holly unconscious because she won the belt. It was a great rear naked choke. What what do we got? What is this? Uh, it's the video of Mackenzie Dern. <laughs> oh, I was yeah. trying to get it so I could post it to the show page. That's right. We'll do it after. <laughs> and I opened it on accident, but it's so nasty, dude. I was re-showing my because I was doing my list, re-going over my list last night. Watch this. This is my sub of the year. Uh, show my cousin. He was just like, "Holy shit!" Wow. No, I picked Misha. I picked Misha's uh, with the victory, the title change, and whatever. It's, it's most people. I mean, I it, think it, it is. it's it's across the board. Most I people. I was, you know me. I got to be the eyeball. So still a great fucking technique. Jesus Christ! You know, you know was another good submission was the Ben Roth. Well, and uh, on Josh Barnett's submission. It was. Yeah, for yeah. for him to get Barnett like that. Right. Yeah. 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 I seen I seen a few people tweeting on that as well. Of Rothwell and his submission, yeah, that's true. What do we got next? Uh, knockout. Okay. Knockout. Uh, I mean, you can go first. You and I have the same one. I, I'm gonna. I'll go first and take Lando Venata. Holy shit! That's my number one. So I'll I'll, I'll wait until we come around to do my number Never two. Mind, so I don't we, spoil it. We don't have the same. But one. My number one was Lando Venata's wheel kick knockout. I almost went with that. I almost went with that, but I didn't want to be the prisoner of the moment. Because it was so close. Yeah, that's exactly what yeah. I was too. But hey man, he killed Bedesi with that that Fuck heel yes kick. Yes, he did. So I know it was. I love that technique. I screamed it in your basement when he did it. I was <laughs> yeah. like, "That's knockout of the year, uh, right there." And, it's, and for me, it really was. And I had I, I had a second it. one. I have a second one that's just as important. But <laughs> I decided I'll, I'll take this one. I'll let Jeff have the other one. Um. Okay, I'll go. We'll let Ryan close her out. Uh, my knockout of the year is Michael Venom Page flying knee. In the cyborg. Oh, you fucking asshole. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Son of a bitch. I guess we let Ryan start the next one. As I was going yeah, to go second because I knew that someone was going to have Michael Venom Page. 
on on Cyborg Santos. Well, when I got here, me and Dave were kind of talking about it. We didn't even we didn't tell e- either one of us talk about which one we had. And I said, I guarantee you, we've got at least one in common. A- and he goes, Yeah, probably. And I said, Is it knockout? And he goes, Yeah, probably. And I knew he was. I knew he was. Then it was going to be his number one. So I took number. I took mine. And put Venata up there in front of it, so we were. You know, Venata would have been. Venata was my number two, so. That and was it was number three. Yeah, it was my. What's your number two then? Uh, Dan Henderson against Hector Lombard. Ooh, that good. The head kick and then landed that that uh, reverse elbow. That's beautiful, dude. I, Take that. I could have gone also with Cowboy. Um, that four hit combo one story. Yeah. Oh, that was that oh, was that amazing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that was hard. Awesome. Awesome. Feels that we're all in the same wavelength. Or Connor and Eddie. Yeah, I stayed awake from Connor. I, I didn't want to take the obvious route. Okay. S- other than two hundred five, I tried my hardest to do that. Also, well, I, I had a feeling maybe you would be the one that would go Connor heavy, so I didn't want to do that. So that's why I went in the opposite direction, and then we all just fucking still end up with the same goddamn picks. <laughs> So, see, because I wanted to go opposite of Connor Heavy because I want to be the guy that went Connor Heavy. Because <laughs> we all, I, I figured, I figured for sure so you we were going. I have no picks. <laughs> <laughs> all right, we'll let you lead off fight of the year. Is that where we're at? Yeah, uh, yeah, fight of the year. year. Uh, I had a tie. I couldn't really separate one from the other. It's uh, 1A, 1B, TJ Dillashaw, Dominic Cruz at Ultimate Fight Night 81. Great fight. Um, My number three. But, uh, basically, everything that. Uh, that Dave said with Dominic Cruz coming back into that fight after so much time off, and um, there was such a back and forth. I've watched that fight a bunch of times, and I keep on scoring it differently every time I watch it. I can't tell really who won. I'm actually upset that Garbrandt beat Cruz because I would have wanted to see those two guys go at it again. Um, but the Nate and Connor two fight, uh, because very rarely do we have a fight that is so hyped and so promoted and so pushed and actually is able to live up to it and is able to go the full distance and is a close fight at a 48-47 decision. Normally these fights, they're so hyped and it's like 10 seconds and someone's laying on the ground and that's over. That was a great fight. That was a great, amazing fight. All of them. I mean, like I said, that's my number three and I made Connor and Diaz my number four because I was trying to stay away from it. Uh, Do you want to go or you want me to go? You want to close her out? I've only got one. Uh, for fight of the year, and it's Cubby and Duhal Choi. You son of a bitch! <laughs> Cubby and Duhal, come on, man! That was such that was. an amazing fight. This was that was the yeah. only one that I let myself be the prisoner of the moment, yeah, and be like, "Yep." I researched everything from back to front. I, I spent two days in bed with my, with a neck that was destroyed, right, and uh, leaking spinal fluid out of my eyes. Right, yeah. it's it's a real thing. Look it up. It's it's fucking horrendous. And all I had to do was. Sit on my back with my laptop, my stomach, and chest, and just look up fights. Right, and I looked up everything, and I couldn't find one that I thought was better than these two. It's true, I couldn't. My one, I had a second one, and it's like Ryan. It's my one A, one B, and I, my one B is Lawler and Condit. I've watched that fight probably five times. Yeah, in the last you couple of it? months, and that's the yeah. thing. With, like all those fights that were said, I think to me those were like all. They're all like you almost go like one A to one F or something beyond. For sure, there was yeah. So many, they, but I, I, like I said, the only reason why I think that Nate and Connor gets thrown in is because of the hype. I, I but it was over, still a great I fight. It's, only... it's in my list. I, like I said, I just no, stayed no, away no, from not, it. Yeah. No, I wasn't. I was. I was just saying like that. That was my point. It was I, because I had Nate and Connor was probably my number one right away. Right. And 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 Connor was probably you know 
was a first first thought fighter of the fighter of the year. Yeah. Obviously, two hundred five was the event of the year. But I right, so I, right. and then when I went back, I was like, no, I'm gonna get away. You know, I don't want to be the Connor guy. That's Ryan. Because <laughs> we know what's coming up next. Right. Um. But Lawler Condit was an amazing fight. Um. Easily, Claudia. Claudia and Joanna could have been on there. Uh, Woodley Wonderboy. Yeah. Woodley Wonderboy for sure. That was Woodley so Wonderboy was in my top oh. five picks. I mean, that's, that's such a phenomenal was fight. So good. Yeah. Go ahead, Ryan. Um, fighter of the year. Uh, I want Steve Miocic because wow. he came back from uh, a tough, close decision loss to Giorgio Santos in 2014. Uh, he came back and, yeah, and then he came back last year, had one fight. Beat and Mark Hunt in 2015. Sudden, yeah, but then he came back and, and uh, he found himself, you know, he, he um, um, just lost my train of thought there. Uh, he gets in there, he gets the number one contender shot, he wins it. He gets in there, he fights against Fabricio Verdum in, in, in Brazil. He gets tagged, he's backing up, he lands a shot in the first round, finishes it. He goes in against Alistair Overeem, he's eating a bunch of shots, he keeps on fighting through it. I think that it was a story that no one really saw coming for this this guy. He wasn't really picked in any of these fights to win for the like Arlovski uh, in Australia or, uh, uh, earlier in the year. Um, a lot of people were heavy on Arlovski to beat him. A lot of people were heavy on Verdum to beat him, and he just kept on winning the fights. First round knockout, first round knockout, first round knockout. Like I think that. Uh, He's not getting enough credit this year that he should be getting, personally. Oh, great pick. I went back and forth mm-hmm. between Stipe and the guy that I picked. Um, but in the end, I, I, Stipe was my number two. Um, I'll go. Yeah, I'll go. I'll, so, I'll go so Dave can't steal my thunder just in case he did. Um, I went with Michael Bisping. I did not steal yeah. your thunder. You guys are going to be... Quite surprised. I, mine. I chose Bisbing, uh beat three legends in 2016. Well, two legends in 2016 and well, one two, a belt. Yeah. <laughs> Came off the couch for all the reasons that Ryan. I mean, I don't need to go back into everything that Ryan said for his um, comeback fighter of the year, but th- those are the exact reasons that I picked him. Uh, beat Silva. Yeah, it's funny that you had that too because I had him as my fighter of the year up until today, and that's when I realized I can't have comeback and fighter be the same guy. Yeah. So yeah, you Why sure you could. Why? We don't have any Since when do we have rules? No, I, was, I, know, I think it's weird if it's a guy's a comeback fighter. Yeah, fair enough. Kind of like, yeah, yeah, I can see why. But it, for all the reasons that you listed with Stipe, that I, I went back and forth between these two. Because both beat three legends. You know, well, Stipe beat three legends. You know, he, he beat Arlovsky, beat Verdum, and then beat Alistair Over. And those guys are all going to go down in, in the Hall of Fame. Sure are. Um, but... I just think the the fact what put me over the edge for Bisping was coming off the couch in seventeen with quote unquote seventeen days notice to fight Rockhold. Really, right. it was like probably thirteen by the time he got in the gym. Yeah, come off a and movie he, set and, and he has one eye, but one he's got eye. one eye and he knocked him out. So Michael Bisping, my two thousand sixteen fighter of the year, Dave. My two thousand sixteen fighter of the year is Amanda Nunes. All right. Yeah, Amanda Nunes. Yeah, I would have said that. Yeah, she. Yeah. She is there Starts too. off with a the, with the victory over a very, very tough girl, then wins the belt against Misha Tate, mm-hmm. then defeats Ronda Rousey. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't get, you don't get a better, much yeah. better resume Misha than that. Misha Tate and Ronda Rousey, two of the number two champions, 
uh, woman that arguably made the division for the UFC, Misha, who's a champ. I mean, there you go, Matt huge. Parrott. All you're complaining about all the Connor love we do on the show, and barely anybody picks Connor. So there that's for you, buddy. Amanda Nunes. Amanda Nunes. Good pick, man. Very good pick. Yeah, I was I was kind of going through if I wanted Nunes or not. If I even like, do I do a, should I do a girl and a guy? I'm like, nah, screw it. I'm just gonna stick with Stipe. I only picked so one. Some, I'm, so, I'm glad that someone did take uh, did take Amanda Nunes. You and Stipe's mom are the only people that pick Stipe as fighter of the year. So, and I think she was on the fence. <laughs> no, he te- he kept tweeting that out. He was like, my mom said I'm fighter of the year, so that's that's all I need. <laughs> I yeah. Um, we didn't really pull any news this week, um, so we don't have any news. Well, it's mostly just well, fallout from uh, 207 anyway. Yeah, mostly. Verdum and, uh, Verdum and Hunter are official. They're officially going to fight. Um, Zangano called out. Oh, wait, what did that say about? Oh, they're going to actually do that? What's up? Dylan Dennis and John Jones uh, probably are going to happen at Submission Underground. Oh, for the Submission Underground? Yeah. I thought they had had Dennis have it facing somebody else already, but. Oh, it looks like it's going to happen. That's a, that pissed, that's a boss logic photo. That's not a real poster. That's not the poster? No. Boss Logic does all those dope ass posters on Twitter and shit, and I think he did that one because they had a poll. Looks great. They had, a, I mean, that's who the fans wanted was Dylan Dennis to take on John Jones. That was the poll that everybody had, but I thought they were really trying to work on somebody fucking good. Um, what, a quick question for you guys before we go here. Yeah. What were, What were your guys' thoughts on? Uh, and I and I do understand before. Man, I just let me put that out there before we get any answers. Uh, Ronda Rousey making two point eight million dollars more than the champion. Um. Like I get the I get the reasoning, but do you think like the the disparity of having the challenger coming out making three million? And the reigning champions walking out with less than a quarter of a million. I don't know, man. Me and Dave, before you got on here, and I wish I would have been reading it, and I should have gotten it. I'm pulling it up right now. But uh, somebody posted out the UFC's uh, the top 100 um, pays, uh, fighter earnings over their career. This is remember this is base pay. This doesn't have any pay per view bonuses in yep. it. This is just what they want the purse. This is just for walking into the octagon. Yeah. Um, so this is their career fighter earnings. Obviously, number one, no surprise, Conor McGregor with $9,542,000. Your number two really surprising is Michael Bisbing. He's earned $6.175 million. I can see that because he's been around for That's That's years. what I said, too. He's had 100 fights. Uh, Ronda Rousey, number nine, at $4.275 million. So she was only walking around at about a oh, million. Wow. Until, I don't know if that is... I don't know if that is included with the 207 pay or if that's yeah. before. Um, it doesn't say. This is just something that, that Diz tweeted, um, yeah. of some photos. Right. And I don't even know where the original, um, where it originally came from. But, like, um, there's some people that you would be – I'm trying to find some more that are surprising. Uh, where is it? Oh, here you go. Um, Tyron Woodley. Has is at number forty two at one point eight six four million. Just behind him is Gegard Mousasi. 
Uh, both of them ahead of Daniel Cormier, who's only made 1.786. Um, meanwhile, Rumble, Rumble Johnson has made over $2 million in the UFC. Um, what are some other people that were... There were some champions that me and Dave were looking at. Oh, Dillashaw. Here you go. TJ Dillashaw and Tony Ferguson have made the exact same amount of money in their careers. How fucked is that? I'm dead serious, dude. According to this, $1,114,000 for each Dillashaw and Ferguson. Tim Boach is just barely behind that, and Max Holloway is slightly ahead of them. Oh, my. Wow. Yeah, man. Yeah. Oh, that is wow. And just a little. I'm food, actually speechless over that. Just a little food for thought. Um, the <clears throat> the UFC has had in this poll it goes the, the millionaires stop at number ninety five. Uh, Dustin Poirier is the last person that has made over a million. Cub Swanson's just behind him at number ninety six with nine hundred eighty seven thousand. But uh, Gomi's on this list, uh, Ed Herman, Josh Barnett. But, yeah, Tony Ferguson and TJ Dillashaw. Dillashaw, who won a goddamn championship and defended it twice, has made the same amount of money as Tony Ferguson. So, Tony Ferguson, with your bitching and crying about not wanting to make or needing to make more money to fight fucking uh, um, Habib. Habib, shut up. Well, there, there's the news story for the week. Habib offering $200,000 of his own money to yeah. Tony to take the fight. Yeah. I, I I don't have any pity for you saying you're underpaid. You signed a damn contract. Fight it out, bro. Uh, like yeah. like Daniel said, he has to honor his deals. You got to honor yours. Exactly. You want more money? Then finish out your current deal. It's time yep. for more money. Yep. And I'll take heat for it from all the fucking local Tony fans that want to jump down my shit. Yeah, Fine, you know dude. What? I would say that about any fighter. Yeah, I would too. I've said it about plenty of people. Yeah. Shut the fuck up and fight. I can't. I well, can't play favorites like that. We, we've pointed out before that UFC. There have been so many times when a guy signs a six fight deal, and you know, two fights in, all of a sudden he's main eventing and he wins. And the third, yep. the, you know, fourth fight, he's the champion. And then they say, hey, you know what? Those last two fights, we're gonna scrap it. So you know how you get paid fat. Who knows what Tony's deal is? But the UFC has ripped up contracts like it's no one's business and given out yep. a lot more money than they've offered out before. So. You know, you know how you get your contract restructured. You become at least in this instance, in this case, the interim champion, and then they start paying you a little more. And then you get that big fight against Connor, and you get that big money. Yeah, it, it says that. Say, uh, you, want, you know how you make a lot of money? You just take the Connor McGregor blueprint and just start calling out everyone and just being able to beat them. Well, you have to beat them the way Connor beats them too. True story. Uh, the, they say that the ninety uh, percent of UFC contracts are never seen through to the end. They're always renewed, right, always resigned, yeah. always restructured. Um, and if Tony would just take this one fight, and if he could go in there and beat Nurmagomedov, I guarantee that contract would be restructured. Yep. He'd make a lot more money. Oh, he'd be he'd be the guy. I agree. And he would be – then he'd be in line for Connor. He'd make real cash. Yep. Yep, exactly. You know, his and, his pay-per-view bonus from before, that you know, would top money. everything that he's made in his career so far threefold. Yeah. You know, he'd easily bring in $3 million yeah. on pay-per-view bonus. Yep. Yeah. Um, well, and, and like I said before, Dana White has been on – like he walks back there with a you know, open checkbook and he'll say, you know what, good job tonight. Like – there's a story of Brendan Schaub and Shane Carwin sitting in the locker room crying after Carwin was tapped out by Lesnar. 
And Dana White came in, handed him an envelope. He opened it up, stopped crying. Brendan Sharp says, well, what's wrong? He showed him the check that Dana White had just given to Shane Carwin. He goes, oh, shit, let's go party. So, so I, knew I mean, they'll take care of you. Yep. Let's do one news story. Yeah, one one quick news story. So uh, <clears throat> we were talking about Ryzen earlier. Uh, Mirko Krokop won their open weight Grand Prix over the weekend and has once again announced his retirement. Uh, read his quote? Yeah, okay. that was definitely my last tournament. I have health problems, and this was definitely the end of my career. I know I've announced my retirement before, but this is definitely it, said Crow Cop. Went out, Good uh, way to go reading, out, man. Reading, reading, the, reading the brackets, if you're reading the brackets, all that means is I had retired because I couldn't take steroids in the United States. So I went to Japan for one last hurrah. Look at, look at the size of the dude. He's juiced, man. He, oh, he was gills. juiced to the gills. I know, 42 years old, and look at the way the dude's looking. Is, well, he, you know. Yeah, juiced to the gills. And he won, he won, and he was allowed to do it, so why not? Fuck it. Did you see the size of that Iranian? Exactly. I would have taken juice, yeah, too. I would have taken a lot more than that. I would have doubled up. I mean, Baruto, or, uh, Baruto <laughs> was a big dude, but not. The chairs and the pipes and the sinks. Yeah. New Jack style. Totally. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> so uh, that's that's uh, that's gonna let's wrap it up. Yeah. Let's get into final thoughts and wrap up this uh, first show of the new year. Ryan, final thoughts for the evening before we go. Uh, you know, um, didn't really have a chance to let, let the audience know, but I just want to let everyone know uh, best wishes to everyone in 2017. Uh, to everyone that listens to us, you know, follows us on Facebook, Twitter, whatever, you know. Let's try to get more involved. Like everyone, let's really help push the show as far as it can go. They, you know, ask questions, make comments, do whatever it takes. You know, uh, we're here. We're here just to talk MMA. Just three guys, and if anyone else wants to get involved in the conversation, we, we'd love to for it to happen. Perfect, Dave. Uh, yeah, you know, sixteen was a, was a great year for fights. We've seen some amazing stuff. We've seen some history being made. We've seen some good fighters come and some good fighters go. And 2017 is now going to be the first full year with new ownership under the UFC flag. So we'll see how well that pans out. Uh, I'm hope, hoping that that this is the year that Reebok goes away. And even if they want to keep a structured format, just not the one they currently have. Um, and I'm hoping for some, some more of these um, taking the opportunity to make super fights while you have the chance. It was blown, you know, when, for the GSP Anderson and, other fighters that uh, could have happened. I hope that this year is the year of super fights. We see some really more history making in uh, 2017. I like it. Um, my final thoughts are, uh, you know, it was <clears throat> 20, you said 2016 was a great year for fights. Uh, hoping for bigger things out of 2017. Uh, we got a couple of weeks off as far as fights go. So that's going to be interesting. Um, we didn't touch on Mike Goldberg. Holy shit! Oh my god! And, Holy shit! And, we almost pulled a UFC and just said nothing. Oh, and I I'm the one that thought, that tweeted we and bitched about it. As UFC did, I thought we were just going to talk about the tribute of the UFC. That's oh, why we said nothing. Man. Yeah, that was the whole point. Yeah, we're yeah, gonna. Yeah, nice try, but no, we fucked up. Yeah, let's pay. Let's pay. <laughs> let's pay tribute to Goldie real quick. Uh, you know, Mike Goldberg called his last UFC event UFC 207. I'm kind of surprised he wasn't drunk as shit. Because I fully expected yeah, we're, we're him to be. That, Same how, much, how much blow was, it gonna, was he going to be hitting before the 10 o'clock uh, started? Oh, man. Mike, I would have nailed it, too. Mike was never the best at what he did. 
uh, never the best at pronunciations, never the best at exactly calling moves and things like that, but he was synonymous with UFC. And uh, it was kind of... Here's what you get. Yeah, it was really fucked. That, you know things didn't end well, that this relationship is fucked. Yeah, it is. Since they didn't do any... But they didn't even really pay tribute to Joe Silva either. A lot of tweets. I saw a lot of tweets, especially. Yeah, no, that, that's true. That's true. But, yeah, but they didn't even I, mention Joe right. Silva either. It's one thing. I'm but surprised. This is an on-air it's talent. different, and that's what I mean. It, it, it is different. It is very much different because this is an on-air talent, and, yeah. and Joe people Silva's... see him every single right. week in their, their right. homes and but uh, on their television. It was just weird that they didn't even make mention of that either. Um, now that I think about it, but. You know, Goldie, thank you for everything. We know you're going to yeah, land man. somewhere. you got a lot of opportunities coming to you. People are, you know, Bellator or 1FC or World Series or whoever. Right. Someone's going to sign Goldie. He's he's not going to be out of a job soon. We know it's not going to be the NFL because he <laughs> fucked that up. Well, that was so bad. Terrible. Uh, um, he was a 13-year employee. No, longer than that. It was 20 years, but uh, but only on camera for, less, uh, for like 13 to 15 well, even still, I mean, 13 years on air, and you know all the people that have heard and been a part of, of what he's done uh, on the uh, on the play by play. And sure, you're right. I mean, Rogan carries that team, obviously. Yeah. yeah. Because he actually knows what he's doing and what he's talking techniques about. Techniques, and he knows positioning, and uh, he knows the the proper terms. And uh, Goldie does it, but somehow, some way, for over a decade, he's been able to stay on the air. And right beside Rogan, he's been able to to call these fights. And he's been able to keep a job. Yeah. When he was judged as being you know horrible and this and that, he still hung in there and he still he still fought and tried his best. And you know it, it may not be a big loss, but it's going to be a transition. I'm, oh, I'm for gonna, sure. I'm going to kind of miss the guy a little bit. I am too. Just because I'm so used to him. Yeah. I didn't realize there was uh, against or a game with your Detroit Lions that he had his only NFL call. Yeah, against Minnesota. And then, yeah, and then a bunch I, of fans. He called an NFL game and destroyed. Yeah. It, well, no, he didn't get. He, it wasn't. It wasn't for. I mean, he was pretty it was bad. It was the Twitter thing. Yeah, it was the Twitter thing that got him fired from the NFL because the NFL is a little more particular about the things that you say, unlike the UFC, where the boss just goes on and tells everyone to go fuck themselves. Yeah. You can't really tell someone to go fuck themselves on Twitter when you work for the NFL. Doesn't yeah. work so well. <clears throat> but I uh, if it was. Uh... Way of the Warrior, or Fire in the Kid, or Joe Rogan, or maybe even one of you guys. But I heard something like the uh, the day that it was really breaking that Mike Goldberg was going to be done at 207. When you go on Twitter, you can see like their last few people that they started following. He randomly that day started following Legacy, 1FC. No, those were his new followers. Those were his new followers. Oh, sorry. Yeah, sorry. That's how I meant. Like... It was like there was like this like the second that the news broke. Yeah, it was like two guys from it was it was one FC. And all of a sudden, just was like like just because you can just imagine what those DMs were saying. Yeah, Bellator, oh, yeah. Bellator MMA, uh, Legacy, one uh, FC, and then like two one FC employees. Right. They, don't, they don't want they don't, see. He's got options. Oh yeah, he's, he's got gonna, options he's for be days. Okay. He can go take over for Tagrisham now that he's coming to the UFC for four fights. Anyway. He's, on behalf of no, it's going to be terrible, God. and it's not even going to be Joe Rogan. He's debuting at the Yari Rodriguez BJ Penn, so it's probably going to either be him and Anik, Anik. or yeah. well, Anik's the color or the play by play, so mm. it's probably going to be him and Stan. He can't it's do play by play. Kind of fun to see what they do for the next few pay per views because 
supposedly they're gonna bring the Anik up to the big boys. Gonna, well, they said that the replacement's not gonna be official until like June or July. Yeah, that's when so that's when Jim Rome's contracts up with CBS is in July. I saw dun, that. Dun, dun. Yeah, I saw that yeah. little factoid today by Mr. Diz. Thank you, Talk MMA. So from the average Joe's, uh, we just want to say thank you for the memories, Mike Goldberg, and we wish you the best of luck. And that's gonna wrap up episode forty nine. And Joe Silva, of course, but um, that's going to wrap us, wrap up episode 49 for us. We'll be back next week with our 50th episode. We don't know what we're going to talk about. We're going to get some news. We'll have some kind of discussion post. We'll, we'll figure that out. But, uh, yeah, join us back next week for another episode of the Average Joe's MMA Show for Jeff Shant. Uh, holy crap. Wow. For myself, apparently. For yeah. himself, yeah. guys. It's, it's been a long day, man. We're going to give him a break because, you know, Dave. we're going to give him a break because he just started a new job. I, yep, I got a new job. The, the, the hours are, are different. The and, cold. You know, My body you know, is shot. He's, he's outside again, and, you know, it's... Yeah, you know, I fucked is, up. Players fuck up. Hey, that's what we do. That's part of our thing. We record everything. <laughs> so, for David Van Boglen and Ryan Dempsey, I'm Jeff Shanahan. Thank you guys for joining us, and we'll see you next week.